0: So Chris, the people want to know our secrets. How did we get this podcast started?
1: Yeah, kind of a crazy story. We were both coming into this from the YouTube side, have never really done anything podcast wise. We looked around, found Anchor by Spotify, really great service. It's completely free to use. They have some great stuff that you can just upload straight onto the website. You can actually record on the website. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. welcome to another episode of so rare in the states my name is chris the mls card guy i am joined as always by my lovely co-host his name is Nashi. how are you today Nashi?
0: good mate yeah just finished watching the uh wales and ukraine bail out to, to have the privilege of joining us in the, in the group stages so congrats to wales no harry will be happy about that so yeah. Yeah, it was good game. looking looking forward to the world cup now getting ready
1: there you go. I mean, it's going to be great. There's some nice golf courses there. So Wales won't be completely bored whenever they're there losing to us in England. Um, but it'll it'll be a fun time for sure in the World Cup. And we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later on in the show as well. Today's guest is so rare Royalty. He has been doing this forever. He is one of the best when it comes to the MLS lineups. We have Tebalt, the man behind the so rare prospect account on both Twitter and so rare. How are you today, Bolt?
2: Yeah, I'm fine, and hello to the Sorar fan in the US. So good to be here, and so good to have this podcast for the US fan of uh, Sorar. Thanks to doing it every every week.
1: Yeah, it's our pleasure. We really love to be able to talk about the MLS and with guys that have been doing it as long as you have. Uh, it should be a really awesome conversation today. Now, just briefly for the people who, who may not know you. Now, you're French. How did you get into you know the MLS and, in general and, and American soccer?
2: Yeah, I get the chance to, to study for like one month in the, in the U.S. when I was uh, 17, 17 years old. So I was in the family near Washington, D.C., and I go to GC uh, games. That's why I'm a GC fan for like ten years. And after that, I, I, I follow the, the MLS and uh, with uh, Sora and everything. I'm uh, I'm into it in uh, 100%. So it's so good to find find uh, MLS uh, new fan with uh, Sora because in France you have new guys uh, who look to the MLS with Sora so it's really cool for the champion and
0: uh everything we finally got some people to speak to in France about uh American American soccer <laughs> I've been in a cold cold long time out there I bet <laughs> this is this is so true this is only because of the, uh, Sora
1: yeah it's yeah. really great yeah. to be able to to expand into Europe and, and really get to see um some new fans coming up and I have had a few people who have told me that they're, you know, following DC because, because I follow DC, you know, I got my hat on, I got my Jersey on today. So if you're watching on, on YouTube, you can see, I'm completely decked out in, in the DC gear, really, really happy with some of the reports that have been coming out here recently. Um, But we'll just hop right into it. Only one game this weekend, Uh, obviously an international break, a lot of, a lot of international stuff, which we will get to as well. Um, But we did have an MLS game. We had Vancouver against RSL last night. Um, I just, we were working. So I, I've only seen maybe the highlights. Um, but it looked like some pretty, pretty crazy saves. What did you guys see? Um, I guess we'll start with Nashi. What did you see with the, uh, with the Vancouver game last night?
0: It Was the same as you actually. I was working too, and I, I just watched it on the on the highlights. And yeah, we were talking. It seemed like Cropper uh, held his own in there in, in Hazel's absence. Like, I don't want him to do too well because uh, I need Hazel back in the mix. But yeah, he had a, a silly game. I expected, like I said last week. Um, I thought we're going to get it done, and it looks like from the stat lines they were, they did they were in the game. They had more shots, more possession, but Vancouver sticking in there. Um, they were missing a couple of players too, and they they got it through. They got a late penalty and got the win. I know, uh, Thibaut, you have a couple of Vancouver players or at least one in your in your gallery. I see there. And um, what did you what did you think of the game? Yeah, I I I saw the Luca Cavani like uh, five days ago.
2: So, yeah, I, I take the hype with Cavallini and I sell, I sell him. And he uh, was hard because he is with the national team uh, during this game. And uh, one thing I, wa- I want to say, uh, Luis Martins, the Portuguese, we, he was in uh, Kansas last year and uh, he, he wins uh, the penalty kick at the last minute. It was like so good to find the penalty kick when uh, uh, Herrera, Aaron Herrera uh, kicked him. So uh, this is a nice veteran play. And after Gold, take the penalty and uh, take it well. So yeah, Vancouver at BC place, they are pretty solid. And uh, I think they're going to be tough in defense with uh, with a three-back lane. Uh, Eric Godoy is coming back from injury. He's pretty good with Veselinovic. And uh, you have like uh, Jankwirtz also as a veteran in the midfield. And a uh, uh, Paraguayan GP Andres Cubas is coming in the next... Uh, weeks so yeah vancouver solid solid team uh, at home i think
1: yeah i think that was one thing that i really looked forward to is getting eric Gadoy back i've been uh, sitting on his rare card for probably a year now um because he got hurt like last year and i know that he's a solid like he's been their team captain before mm. like he's a very yeah. solid player i've just been sitting and sitting and sitting and waiting for him to get back, and it was just injury after injury after injury after injury, injury. and he finally may possibly be back now, which is great news for Vancouver. They kind of did this last year, too, where they were uh, very poor, and obviously that was a little different. They were um, stuck in the U.S. They couldn't go to Canada because of COVID restrictions, so couldn't play any home games in the first part of the season, And, uh, and, and once they actually got back into BC Place, which you alluded to is a very tough place to play, they went on a run and they really started to pick things up. Um, and I kind of want to kind of want to get into that a little bit and see, you know, we're a little over a third of the way through this year's season. Is there some team that kind of stands out to you as this year's Vancouver? Is there that team that's you thought maybe would be better or you thought maybe, or, or maybe they've had a difficult schedule to this point and now they're about to Get on fire and really challenge for not only a playoff spot, but even into the playoffs, uh, maybe making a deep run. Who's that team for you, people?
2: Yeah, I think they got a problem. It's uh, a midfield problem because in the in the 10 first game, I see like two, three game of Vancouver and Ryan Gold all, always take uh, the ball in this side, and when we when you are Vancouver, you need to have Ryan Gold with the ball uh, on offensive. Uh, side. So I think maybe with uh, Kubas, the new player, maybe Gold going to be like uh, the offensive player. We need to be the 10 and uh, the creative player he is. And uh, for the end of the season, I want uh, Ryan Gold as uh, the GP, the key player, the creative player of this team. He's the key to being the player for Vancouver, in my opinion.
1: So, do you think that Vancouver is going to go on a run a little bit later on this year, or is there another team that's maybe underperforming a little bit that that kind of stands out?
2: No, I think they they can't make it this 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 year. Uh, you have better team. Uh, I think Colorado, uh, Seattle, Portland are not in the playoff right now, so no no, no Vancouver in playoffs this uh, this year. Interesting. Yeah,
1: I. I I'm a big Vancouver fan I actually think that they will maybe challenge a little bit um you're right the Western Conference is absolutely loaded yeah because you have all those teams from last year plus mm. you add Nashville into the mix um, which was not a Western conference team last year so I think it'll be really interesting to see if they can keep this going but as we alluded to earlier, going to BC place is very very difficult to do. They had a long run of road games early in the season so, We'll uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on them. Um, what about you, Nashi? Is there some is there a team that you think might kind of break out a little bit more than we've seen? And if you say Chicago, I'm just we're we're not gonna have that discussion.
0: <laughs> well, funny you should say that. I'm not gonna say Chicago. That I've lost a little bit of confidence of so my necks in a little bit from that. But in terms of their recent form to the next fellow form, I actually do think. Chicago are oh, going to make a significant leap. And I'll tell you why. They, last week was the first time they started with their best lineup. Um, and they dominated the game. They lost the game, they dominated. We spoke about it. And if you look at their fixtures coming up, they've got some fairly decent uh, runner games uh, coming in. I, I mean, assuming Shakiri comes back fit, which is another thing, they got probably the easiest game on the schedule uh, the next game week. There'll be a DC United at home. I don't know if you heard of them. Um, and then, and then, yeah, they've got they've got a decent looking run in for the next couple of months there. So I think that they now my best hope is by the last sort of stretch of the season they might have a chance of a chance of creeping into the playoffs if some miracle happens. But um, yeah, I mean, a team that we we just spoke about, Vancouver against RSL, and. RSL are kind of a bit flying under the radar because it that, that conference is tough and they've kind of been churning along, churning out results. And I think they're sitting like fourth or third in the, in the conference right now. And they're yet to really integrate Savarino, who I think is a very good player. Um, he obviously has proven in this league before as well. I think if they can integrate him successfully as to what they're already kind of doing. I think he could be a big impact player um going into the playoffs. I think they'll they'll hold on to a playoff spot. And so that's a team that I don't think people really get too excited about. But um adding such a big, big, big piece like that to an already team that's already doing well in a tough conference. Um yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that one, Chris?
1: Mm. I was trying really hard to be quiet there because I didn't want to interrupt, but man, you throwing some shade at me over here with the DC game. That's fine. (laughs) Um, No. So RSL, man, they have really been overperforming. I said, I think, I think it was last week. They were one of my teams that I was like, this is probably one of the bottom three teams in the league. They have new ownership this year. Things are just completely different. It's just a different vibe around the organization from everything that I hear which is re- really leading to results on the field. Um, that kind of thing is typically repeatable. So I, I, I think they're going to continue on um, and, and keep this kind of form going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still don't think they have like elite talent, if that makes sense. Like if when they get on the field with Seattle, who is like when Seattle starts clicking and they get on that field, it's just they don't have the talent to compete. When they get on the field with LAFC and LAFC is clicking, it, it's just not going to work. Like Dallas, same thing. Those teams have elite, elite options and mol- and lots of them. Whereas Salt Lake, it's just like, I mean, they're they're getting more out of their parts than I guess the like, like the sum is greater than the. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I know
0: um, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm picking out, I'm picking out saying? teams that. um I think from my scouting, so I was looking at Savarino and five of the next seven games are at home, which is skewed, obviously, as we know. Um, I just think that there could be a little pump there in the next couple of months. I guess time will tell. I could be in my words. Um, Thibault, no, did you I, have I think,
1: you're, I think you're right yeah. on there, on RSL. So. Yeah, go ahead, Tibo. Did you have a team that you wanted to look at?
2: Yeah, just a, a bit about like a soft Lake. I think Rusnak is not, he's not there anyway, so is, they got a talent problem. Uh, Damir, Damir Krelac is also injured for the season so they got this uh, this talent problem uh, Cordova is here but he's not a goal scorer I, I don't know Savarino maybe is so good but I'm always concerned with the player uh, doing uh, the first season in MLS they need to adapt so yes for a six month run I think it's uh, complicated to bet on uh, on Savarino and uh, In my opinion, I don't see uh, Salt Lake in the playoffs this year. They're gonna be uh, kicked by uh, Seattle, Portland, or or Colorado.
1: Man, they're third though. Like that, they're a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
2: a that's a tough bet, but I I I take it.
1: So another team, and we just talked. You you literally just talked about transitioning to the MLS is difficult, and we talk about this all the time transitioning to the mls is difficult give people you know a year six months to a year yeah to really get the physicality of it on the field and the travel of it off the field like recovering is just different when you're taking plane rides that are five hours as opposed to you know a two-hour bus trip between games um that being said one team that is going to get a significant influx of talent come uh the the transfer window is toronto And this is a Toronto team that's been close, that's had a ton of injuries, that has a ton of really good young players, and they've got the veteran MLS pieces to make it work. They're about to get... Posuelo is apparently 100% healthy now. He said this was the first... This last game was the first time that he played 100% pain-free all season. Um, That's a really, really good sign. He looked um, much better against Chicago than he did... Um, for the first part of the season you add insignia into that mix you have shuffleberg at some point coming back you have marshall ruddy at some point coming back you've already got jonathan asori you've already got michael bradley if you can get something in the back that doesn't just leak goals this is a toronto team that, that can definitely go on a run and this is an organization that has been very very successful in the past with a coach that's been very very successful in the past they're sitting 12th right now in the eastern conference But they're three points from the playoff line. So I am looking at the teams in the playoff field right now. Um, And I mean, Miami is in there, which I don't expect that to continue. Cincinnati is in there, which I like Cincinnati. But this is about where they should be is like right on the playoff bubble. The teams below that Charlotte, I don't think they're going to keep this up. Um, Columbus maybe can make a little bit of a run and if Atlanta and New England get on a run they could be dangerous but there's just a lot of space in front of Toronto right now um, so that's kind of one team that I was kind of looking at as maybe the team that goes on the run this year what do you think about Toronto evil
2: yeah I'm a bit concerned about as uh, the back as you said uh, I'm not a big fan of the ceiling of uh, Salcedo as a GP yeah I don't think it's I don't think it's a good ceiling for for Toronto it is not bad, but is not like safe. Mavinga is always injured, and after it's a uh, it's a youngster. So at the back, I'm not convinced by 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 this team, and uh, we talk about it like for two years. But Bono Westberg, I'm I'm tired of I'm so tired about this. Yeah, I want a new keeper in Toronto, a veteran. I don't know, but stop 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 it! It's too much for me. But after it's yeah, it's crazy. It's so much talent. Uh, on offense so maybe but uh, I want I, I just want to see Insigne with the Toronto jersey in MLS
1: I want to see I'm what Bob Bradley click. can I'm do gonna, with I'm gonna, Insigne I'm going to
2: click click just for this just for Lorenzo Insigne with, uh, with Toronto he can make uh, amazing score on sora like it's I, I don't know if we think about it for, but for me Insigne can do a season like Vela uh, tr- three years ago
1: that's the thing. Like, same exact coach. And if you're lining yeah. up the talent, Insinia has way more talent than Vela did. And I know that that season wasn't scored on Sogra. So we aren't, we don't get to see on Sora data exactly how impressive that season was. But man, mm. that would have been a lot of green scores if you had seen Vela during that, during that, uh, was it 2018, 2019? He was absolutely absurd. He scored for fun. It was that whole team scored for fun. It what was, think, it was crazy.
0: Um... Do you think Insigne can sort of, on a so rare basis, put together the kind of impact that someone like Carlos Hill does um, in terms of the matrix? He's almost like a game-changing card. And I don't see... Watching Carlos Hill play, he's very good, very dominant, uh, very attack-minded player. And he just... The space and, like, the defensive sort of frailties in the MLS, he just exploits them really well. And just, like... From a football standpoint, from a soccer standpoint, you think that if Carlos Hill can do it, Lorenzo Insigne can do it, as long as they have a, the pieces around him to at least get him the space. And like you said, you're confident that some of their guys are going to step up, Perzuelo coming back, Osorio has been good. Maybe they add one one or two more. I don't see that there's any reason why he, he could. There, there's still a world to me where he becomes sort of that guy who like almost breaks the matrix. Yeah. In, in the MLS because he's just that he's so well fitted for the matrix
1: well you're right um but let's not forget that Carlos Heel also took two years to get to that point where he was a checo, mm-hmm. right like he took it took them bringing in Heel, uh not Heel. it took them bringing in Bo and Bucsa and having the support around him um in order for him to really break out because he was really coming into the same exact situation right he had a world-class coach with Bruce Arena, who had done it before. Um, and it still took him a couple of years. So that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to MLS. I don't know if we can expect that from Insignia day one. But man, like next year, the year after that, I don't want to face Toronto. I, I won't let, can, can we make a new conference just for Toronto so we don't have to play them anymore? Like they're going to be insane.
0: You know, Books is leaving, obviously, with Stuxnet the Phil. Obviously, do you think that's going to impact? the serious performance and New England in general, how big of a loss is that? Because he's, sort of, he's a really good striker for the, for the league.
2: Yeah, we, we need a Bruce Arena Magic to find a veteran to replace uh, Buxa. Yeah, they, they need this guy because Boo is often out. We don't know why he's on the beach. He's not really here. So, yeah, they need to find some a guy who can score, I don't know, like 10 goals. For, for the playoff and uh, to make this run. So uh, yeah, Hill uh, is so good because Boo and Buxa was so good. So um, I, I can not see this team of New England be on the playoff. Uh, it's not a perfect season, but uh, they can make it. And I want to see uh, Leggett and uh, all these veterans with Bruce as a coach uh, be in the playoff uh like underdog team like b uh seven or six Bruce arena veteran underdog i like to see this in, uh, in the playoffs yeah when That's
0: you look thing. at it i say when you look at the eastern conference versus the western it it just kind of seems wide open if one team can kind of just figure it out you almost put them in because there's there's probably i mean realistically like you look at miami cincinnati orlando red bulls they can have you can see them going on bad runs, too. And then, you know, it's pretty wide open. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can count almost anyone out, not even Chicago at this point. So, uh. <laughs> I think
1: we could safely count out Chicago. I, I think that's over. That right. uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, definitely they'll need a striker. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, have one pretty quick because that is a big hole that they have right now. And it doesn't seem like Josie Altator is going to have the legs to – to fill that spot. So we'll have to see what they do. I mean, new England is kind of up in the air. If they hit it out of the park and have a massive signing, I mean, they could absolutely be right back where they were last year, you know, as a dominant team that you just, and, and you're right. Like would not want to play them in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Even if they don't sign anyone, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs with heel and legit and all those veterans. That's just a, a nasty prospect trying to, trying to do that. Um, let's switch gears a little bit here. And instead of teams uh, that are that are maybe underperforming and could get could get could, could get going, what do we talk about? Players that we think could maybe get going. Is there someone, mashy that you uh, have had your eye on as, as a breakout from that had a bad first half of their season, but they're you know on the mend or they're uh, starting to figure things out?
0: Well, we were talking about it, so I know this will be one of your picks too. But we were just kind of looking at how well Seattle are set up right now. To make a run and like their player, the price point of a lot of their players is still sort of reflecting their earlier in the season form. It hasn't spiked, and I think, just in terms of the, the, how the rest of the season is going to look for them. They not only have the benefit of like a decent schedule, no more midweek distractions, they've also got a couple of extra games of utility for their players. So they've got a couple games in hand still. So we were looking at Jordan Morris, but you could pretty much pick anyone out of that midfield to attack. Um, any one of them top guys and I think that they're probably going to provide some good value going forward I mean again I told you I was looking at Savarino and I guess like the the way up there is what me and Thibaut are talking about if you think that RSL can hang on pick up enough points over the next couple months to keep their playoff space then you've got that extra utility out of them kind of guys and then they start to look around the point to what I mean things are moving so fast with a uh, ethan everything at the minute but like at that kind of price point you've got a striker all the way into the playoffs that's kind of what i'm weighing up now i want teams if I want to buy someone i want to buy someone that has a good shot or i think has a good shot of getting that extra utility whether it because seattle with the early season schedule and then i think they're going to make it and then rsl because i think they're going to make the playoffs and um i was looking at Saverino for that same reason because he should be a starter. or Uh, I know it takes time to settle in the MLS, but he did play for Salt Lake before, so he knows the city, he knows the infrastructure. Hopefully that helps him mid-season. So, yeah, that's it. I was looking for a forward, so Morris and Savarino were the guys that I was looking at there. Um, What about you, Tebow? Any players you've had your eye on lately you think could improve your squad? Yeah,
2: I have two players in mind. Uh, The first one is uh, the Argentinian midfielder Emmanuel Reynoso. Uh, I think is uh, like Ryan Gold in Vancouver, he is uh, the key player of this team. He's a playmaker, so uh, he can have an amazing score in so far. But uh, in MLS you need to have a good striker and a good playmaker. Uh, they have the good playmaker in uh, Reynoso. Uh, they don't Minnesota don't find uh, the good striker to pair with him. So they try Uno and Amaria this, uh, this year. Uh, they try they tried Lord uh, during the last two games, but I, I'm not a real fan uh, on, uh, with Lord. So uh, Reynoso can uh, can have a lot of uh, assist with a good striker and uh, I think Minnesota is a pretty pretty good team so uh, they can also make it for the playoff. They are not in the playoff right now, but they can make it. So I, I want to take the bet on Reynoso. And uh, the other player is the striker is uh, injured. It's uh, Felipe Mora in uh, in Portland uh, because Niesgoda wasn't uh, this good for the first half of the of the season. And uh, Felipe Mora is uh, is a goal scorer uh, in MLS. Uh, he, he approved uh, this uh, uh, the MLS last year, and I think with uh, Chara, uh, Loria, all the playmaker uh, in uh, in Portland, he can score a lot of goals if if is one hundred percent
0: healthy. That's my, nice. two, my two bets. Nice, yeah. So you said that you got rid of, or you sold Cavallini recently. Have you replaced him yet? Or are these the guys that you're looking at? No, I I, I bet I bet on JT uh, on Marcinkowski
2: because uh, on the game week of this weekend, uh, I don't have any keepers available because I got uh, Dwayne Sinclair in Minnesota. Minnesota aren't paying. And uh, Max Crepo and the LAFCs are also arrested on this game week, so uh, Marcinkowski and maybe after, after a Sell. So I don't know, I don't have picked my, uh, my choice.
0: You're fluid. I, I did want to say like, for those who don't know, Thibaut's whole gallery is consumed of super rares in the MLS. What was kind of your thought process behind that? Cause it's kind of a strange composed gallery. I don't see that too often. I just had a look yeah. before and I was quite taken aback. So I'm sure that'll be interesting to uh, get your thoughts behind that. Yeah, I, I, I like to be like DC, United, every, every year. I'm
2: an I'm a underdog. I'm a low budget in, a, in, a, in Super R. So uh, I'm always trying to, to find the, the player who can, uh, who can uh, explore and uh, win a bit of eth uh, And after find a new player to, uh, to have two good teams. I, I only have two good teams on Super R, one in America and one in All-Star and uh, underdogs, and uh, every week I, I, I love to see my uh, my player with a lot of uh, young players. I bet on uh, Jeremy Bovisi. He's not a perfect striker. He, you, you talk about it like uh, two weeks ago, I think, or last, or last week. Uh, he can score like maybe like five goals. He scored two, it's good for me. But yeah, I bet on, on this young player or injured player. I take uh, Williamson uh, and uh, Segura. So,
0: yeah, it's super hard, and, uh, and America is so fun to play. Are you worried with Segura about, um, I heard Chiellini just, just got the move there. How do you think their, their back line is going to look? Yeah, I think it's,
2: I think for Chirondolo, uh he must uh, with uh, Chiellini uh, take uh, the bet with a three on the back line. Cellini can't play with two on the back line. It's impossible, in my opinion. So maybe it's uh, Segura, Mamadou Fall, and uh, and, uh, Cellini. And after, you have uh, Murillo on the mix. You have uh, Ibega on the mix. Um, But after, the problem is uh, if you have uh, three men on the back line, who is the player uh, on the bench? So it's uh, Cifuentes, it's uh, Latif. I like Latif. Uh, it's uh, Acosta, but I like also Acosta. So, so much talent in, a, in a LAFC. Uh, and, and one thing important, they have a, a, a GP spot available. So maybe they're going to make a move for another great player. So LAFC is this season, um, uh, the recruitment was so good in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I don't know how they have that much talent on the salary cap. Honestly, like they have their bench is loaded, man. And and like you said, they are not full yet. They still have a DP spot. They still have a lot of cap room apparently. Um, so it's uh yeah, they could have a really busy summer, but they are, uh, I think they're still in first place here. So um, yeah, that's an interesting one. There's a couple other guys from your gallery that I want to, that I want to talk about. You got Lucho Acosta, super rare there. That's a, that's a big one. Like, that. that's my guy preseason. I was all over Lucho Acosta. How is he? has he lived up to your expectations this year?
2: Oh, yeah, a lot. Uh, not Lucho Acosta, like Cincinnati. Because in my opinion, Lucho Acosta was uh, good. Every time I, I, I watch uh, Cincinnati, uh, one player in my mind was Acosta. But... Cincinnati uh, got a lot of problems, lot of uh, goals, bad results, and uh, the team was affected about all these results. And uh, Lucho was affected. It's kind of the same with Pozuelo. Pozuelo was so affected with uh, all the bad results of the team. And after he do not play, he was injured or something like that. And uh, with Cincinnati, uh, a bit good. Uh, Acosta, I love him, uh, be, with, uh, be the captain with the team and everything. So, yeah, he's my best player, and I hope he can win the MVP this year. If Cincinnati goes to playoff for the first time in history, in history maybe uh, Lucho can be MVP.
0: It's incredible in the MLS how many, like, for the so rare perspective, how many good midfielders are, because there's so many of them kind of number 10s, the talents you're talking about, Reynoso, Acosta, Pozuelo, Shakiri, Hill, These guys, it's hard to find a guy like that in the top five leagues, you know, because maybe they don't have the luxury of being the playmaker like maybe you did 15, 20 years ago, where you see Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, where they need their midfielders to put a shift in every single game. Like the press has got to be there. You know, you, you haven't got someone like Carlos Hill who barely ever does anything on the defensive side of the ball. But still finds a spot in the midfield. So for rare for people who may be listening just to learn a bit about the MLS, about the league, and they're wondering whether to get into it on SORA, I think they're the difference makers. If you're trying to win rewards, you can get a midfield of two of these sort of roaming number 10s who do everything, who take the set pieces, going to score in the game, going to get assists, penalty kicks. Like mm. They're just a dream for the matrix. That's what we're all looking for. And uh, there's just almost so many to choose from in the, in the MLS. And Acosta is definitely one of them. So, yeah, that's a great card there.
1: That's, that's really how you have to build your team, though, right? Like in, in the Premier League, you're Man City. You have $2 billion, You go spend it on every position. Like that's just – that makes the most sense. And the MLS, you can only buy three DPs. So you can't have six good midfielders. You can't have super depth where you can just week after week roll out another team that can press and press and press. And they're very technical and they're, you know, great on the ball. They've got great position awareness. You just, you, you can't, you can't get enough depth to be able to do that effectively. So the next best way to do that is to find a number 10 that just controls the game. And honestly, if you're a number, if you're a true number 10, true, true playmaker, this is really the league to come to. Like you said, like there's, you are in complete control of everything on the field and you don't have to do anything defensively. Like Lucho, like he just walks back everything. I mean, it's almost messy. Like, you know, he just walks back every, every time Cincinnati lose the ball, he walks back to the off sideline and waits for Cincinnati to get the ball back. He does absolutely nothing defensively. Um, and yet he's still like, like Tivo said, he's still in the MVP conversation. Like he's still playing incredibly. Um, so yeah, I think that's a product of the way that the league is set up. You uh, you almost have to build your team with a ten, and you know if they don't want to play defense, and you you just let them, you know, you know figure it out better, somewhere else.
0: It's almost better for Sober because they don't get them duels lost. He's he's not there yeah. to get he's not there to get skinned by the other team. He's there, he's, he's just walking back on a halfway line, so he's not losing any jewels. And then when he gets it, he just you know skips around someone. Puts a through ball in and bangs out hundreds. So yeah, I've been I've been yeah. thinking about that a lot lately. About just just trying to fit two of them guys in, like basically all of my all star teams, sort of from here on out, and just hoping they just you know rip out hundreds every now and then. And yeah, I think it's a I think oh, it's God. definitely a league with some some good so rare uh, sort of matchup. So.
1: Oh yeah, this is definitely a league where you want two midfielders in your in your extra spot. You don't want to use because I mean. There are no, like, I can't find any forwards that I really want that are, like, you know, that are, like, all-stars. But I can find midfielders for days. Like, they're everywhere, like you said. Um, So, I mean...
0: I was going to say, you just said about that you can't find a forward, and I've been struggling with that, too. Thibaut, do you think... Who are your, like, elite forwards? We spoke about Insigne coming. We're expecting that from him. You've, you've obviously got the ones who are already performing, you know, like Carlos Vega at the minute is not really an option with his issues. Maybe Driesi sees like a nailed on. Okay, he's a top guy, but he's expensive. But like, it's almost after that, where are you looking in the MLS? Or which players for so rare specifically stand out as kind of elite for you? If, if, if I have uh, Lucho
2: Acosta, I want Brandon Vasquez. Yeah he is my uh, my rising star this season. I don't expect uh, Brandon Vasquez to be at this level. He's so good, so tall, he takes everything. He win every every duel. So yeah, I will probably Brandon Vasquez. Uh, I think he can be an, an elite an elite uh, forward in, uh, in in MLS uh, because he is uh, a goal scorer. He can, he can, he can score. He can score on free kick, penalty kick. Uh, he got his presence, so maybe Vasquez. And uh, I think he's uh, under 23 for like this season and uh, the other season. So he is for me a, 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 an elite this uh, this season. Yeah. And um, I will take another bet with uh, with the king uh, Joseph. I think Atlanta, um have a tough season with all the injured players and uh, I know the problem with uh, Joseph and the knee and he's not the Joseph we knew uh, three three years ago but with uh, Arujo, almada he can have good good ball and um, Joseph I want to bet on Joseph I don't know why but Joseph <laughs> Martinez can can score so, okay with, it, with, with no knee he can he can score.
0: The problem with like, yeah, like Vasquez had a breakout season and good luck to him in his career. Like Martinez too. My issue with like the difference between like them guys and like the top level guys for Sore is the sort of, their goal scorers, you know, they're not getting the AA scores to be able to get, compete in like the, say an all-star D3. Because I'm thinking about purchasing a big super rare, like midfielder maybe in the MLS and pushing for that league. I have Insigne, but he's not here yet. And like, yeah, it's really tough because like you have some goal scorers like Hernandez is just going to bag goals. He's going to get goals. It doesn't matter. The, but you've got players like that and they're not getting the AA. Someone you mentioned there, Araujo, he does put up a good all-round score. He gets involved. I, maybe if you're looking at Atlanta, maybe I should take a look at him. Because if you think they're going to be getting more goals and maybe that is a team, too, that, that we didn't speak about that might be see some improvement the next half of the year, even though they seem to be losing a player to injury every four days at this rate, but the talent they have up top is, it's got to be better than any other team in the league really.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you look at, you're right. They're losing a player every day. It's just, it's brutal this year for Atlanta and DC went through this last year. So I can, man, I can feel that pain. If you, uh, if you want an Araujo, I, I may have one for sale right now. There, are nasty. You just go pay full price for that bad boy. Um, I think I have them listed at like I don't remember 53, something like that. 0.
0: 0.53. You it's not bad. Do, you have to do some shopping, no uh, no discounts for the uh, 0.55. 5. See.
1: See 0.55 actually what? for you, it'll be 0. 0.6.
0: <laughs> why, are <you laughs> getting, why are you getting rid of him? Are you, or are you just restructuring uh,
1: a little bit of restructuring? So we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but where I've been big into World Cup prep. So I'm going to start looking at MLSers that have some World Cup ties that, uh, um, so that I can keep that utility going after the season is over. And I also think that the World Cup is going to be absolutely massive from a sewer hype perspective because this is the first one on the platform. There are only so many players that are going to play in this thing. There's 32 teams, and most of them don't have full squads that are minted. So I, I don't think there's a ton of supply out there. And so I'm going to try to get as much of it as I can as early as I can. And Araujo is not going to be on a world cup team. So that's mm-hmm. the reason. And he's, I've got so much of my gallery invested in him that uh, I can free that up and, and, you know, go on a little shopping spree for, uh, for some other guys. Um, as far as forwards that can get AAs. I mean, we talked earlier. Uh, I, I think this was off air, but we talked about taxi fontes at DC and, <laughs> You know, I'm not a homer at all, but he's probably the best player to ever play soccer. Um, he is absolutely fantastic, and he's going to absolutely dominate this league. He is so good with the ball at his feet. And you're talking about guys that rack up AA. He's basically going to be DC's 10. Um, So I don't know if he'll – the thing that concerns me with him, I don't know if he'll score a ton, but I do think – because there's nobody else around him unless they can get – um, Ola Kamara going again, which, you know, maybe I guess the coaching changes has been made. So uh, the problems that Ola had with the past coaching staff are, are gone. You know, maybe they get Ola going and, and him and Taxi can provide a nice little one-two punch. But yeah, Taxi Fountas is definitely that guy. And then another guy who's uh, he's been on fire. If money's no object to you, Hazius Ferrer is your guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Leads the league in goals, racks up A.A., World Cup utility. I mean, every box that you want checked, I mean, Jesus Ferrer is that guy. And he also pairs with Velasco and, and Paul Ariola as well. Um, you could actually get Ferrera and Velasco and have a U twenty three stack, which would be absurd. Um, so I, I think those are those are the two guys if you if you're looking and, and you just wanna splash the cash on the forward position. I think definitely go big. There's there's not, I mean, maybe like maybe a bobacy, but he's even pretty expensive now. Like there aren't like when forwards start to do decently, they shoot up in price because there's just not very many of them. So you don't want to like skimp here. You don't want to go for somebody, you know, towards the bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah. Joseph's an interesting one because man, if, if they get him going, Atlanta could be, could be really, really dangerous. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, I don't know, options. There's a lot of, you know, consideration that needs to go into a forward, but a forward is going to be most of your cost um, because there aren't very many of them. There are a ton of midfielders. So you can definitely get better midfielders than a forward. Um, but just kind of, kind of keep that in mind as you're going through and buying stuff. Um, So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the international game. We're on an international break. So I think we can, we can kind of broaden our scope a a little bit and talk about maybe the U S national team. They've played a game against Morocco in the midweek and looked absolutely phenomenal. Uh, They're playing actually, as we're recording this, they're playing right now against Uruguay. So I'm trying really hard not to look at the score or watch the game and try to focus on this. Um, What do we see from the U S national team there, Nashi? Have you watched any U S games? Have you, uh, have you kind of seen who's on the roster and, how Greg is kind of shaping this team
0: yeah I mean I've, I normally watch uh every game I get the chance uh I actually had guests over so I had it kind of on in the background but obviously I saw all the goals saw um the guy who you said last week should be should be benched Christian pull um pull I did not say benched.
1: <laughs> I said come off the bench as a spark plug not benched there's a difference. Yeah.
0: So bring him on in the eighty-first uh, minute. That was that was Chris's uh.
1: probably ninety plus two. I think he doesn't need that much yeah. time.
0: But yeah, he he's quality. I mean, you actually have yeah. like Morocco. Morocco are no and no mugs. They're not a poor, poor. They're not a poor side by any means. And you kind of dismantled them.
1: They haven't lost by of, multiple goals in eight years.
0: Yeah, and you you look at their lineup and like they got they got like high level players in uh, all over the field and some guys who we know from so Rare who are. Good performers. Um, they didn't put out a weak lineup, and and you kind of dismantled them and just looked, looked really good on it. See, really well balanced. Um, Tim Weir got a goal. That's good for confidence. I mean, like a player that we've spoke about before, where he's kind of got a lot of potential. He's kind of the problem up to now. He hasn't had a consistent run of games through, whether for injury or rotation, because he's playing. I mean, Tebow can tell us more about some of these young guys in France in a second, but he's not had the full run of games, but it just seems now that he's got a couple goals at the end of the season. He's coming into this summer with confidence. I really hope he can have consistent run of games until the World Cup because he, again, can be a difference maker. Like, he's a great strike, a quality strike. Goals like that can change games. So, um, yeah, there's plenty to be optimistic about. Um, What about you, Tebo? Did you pick anything out there? Yeah. I, I want to pick
2: one thing. I was crying about, like, Matt Turner. Yeah, Matt Turner is what a keeper. And I'm so sad to, to leave him in, uh, in Premier League and in uh, Arsenal. Uh, we're going to miss him a lot, I think. Uh, I, love, I love the guy. I think he's a, he's a nice guy. So I don't know if he closed the discussion to be the, the goalkeeper, the starter goalkeeper for the World Cup. But yeah, Matt Turner is uh, is a guy. And uh, about Tim uh, uh, he's he, in France. He's not uh, a clear starter. Uh, he start almost all the game, but uh, he's not um, uh, the guy we talk about with Lille every every week. He he, he need to find a consistent consistency on the on this uh, on this game. So uh, maybe with the US, uh, it can be a game, a game changer. But uh, in a, a club perspective, he's not ready to, to go in a Euro- European uh, first, uh, top, first top of, uh, of the club.
0: If, you were, if you're uh, an American fan and you're looking for your players to develop, would you, you wouldn't want your attacking players necessarily to play for Lille the way they kind of set up, they're kind of a defensive team. They're not free-flowing by nature. Even when they won the league last year, they wasn't blowing teams away. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would be good for him and for US fans to see him get a move in the summer? Or um, do you think he can he's ready to break into the team there and be like a, a real guy? No, he can, he, he, he can also improve with Lille and with
2: staying uh, in France, in my opinion. But for me and uh, for the U.S. fan, I think Tim Wea is more like a, a come-off-the-bench come off good player. So he's uh, is, is not exactly. – he uh, don't, don't, don't have the consistency to to be a starter in the U.S. because now the U.S. have so much talent at the top. That's why also. See, here's,
1: here's the one thing on Waya though, that maybe gets him a shot to start is we don't have a number nine and he can play at the number nine. So is it better to get him somewhere on the field, which in this kind of form that he's in, yeah, you got to get him on the field, but you also got to get Brendan on the field. You got to get Gio Reyna on the field. You got to get Polisic. I guess you got to get him on the field. Um, you've got so many attacking pieces. Do you just say, we're just not going to play with a nine and throw Tim way up there and just everybody interchanges throughout the game and just causes havoc for center backs. I mean, I would love to see them kind of, and that's kind of, I mean, Jesus Ferreira kind of did that against Morocco and that's the way he kind of plays as a nine, Um, but he's more kind of, he he kind of stays more in one spot in the center when he's playing and he doesn't really move around. Like I am picturing Tim way do, but it's going to really with him come down to form. Like if he can break into that little team, and get a little bit of time. I think he's going to if he breaks into that team, it's because he's playing well. And if he's playing well, he's going to he's gonna play for the US. He has he's some of the most talented technical skills that we have. Um, so that it'll definitely be um, one to watch. Um,
0: comrade Comrade De La Fuente, and he's Canadian, but you got uh, Jonathan David playing in the French league, Thibaut. Is there what, what are your kind of thoughts on them two young guys? Because there's a lot of people here. In the U.S., Canada, are kind of invested in them, and obviously on SoRare too, they're uh, they're interested in options. So on the ground, what do you kind of think of those two prospects? Uh,
2: Jonathan Davin is a guy who can score like every game. Every game he can score. So I think for uh, Soar perspective, he's a decisive guy. Uh, as you said with uh, Brandon Vasquez, he, he don't have a ton of AA, uh, AA, but he's is, he is a decisive uh, a decisive player, and for Conrad. Uh, it's difficult to say because he's like 19 so for me it's difficult to to judge a guy is before to be in Marseille he was uh, in Barcelona B so in the second team so yeah he need time to to improve to to be the guy he's gonna be but he's fast he, he, he got talent uh, he technical his technical is good so maybe in a few years, but yeah. Too much talent in the US. I don't. I don't think Conrad can be. Uh, can be in the team for for this World Cup. Maybe in uh, in the next in the in the US.
1: Yeah, in twenty twenty six, would we host the World Cup? Oh man, I, it would be a dream to be a player in that World Cup. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, Conrad obviously came through La Masia, the the Barcelona development academy, and uh, was by all accounts pretty decent there. Not like super stand out like you know some of the other guys they churned out but he was in that team with like Pedri and all those guys, you know, that have just kind of broken in. He's maybe a a year or two older. Um, So he's kind of, he's been around world-class talent his whole life. So he's always been pushed. I don't know that he has world, world world-class talent, but he's certainly a strong piece. And he's hasn't even been getting called up recently. He's not even sniffing the team, but we've seen flashes when when he's played for us um, for the, for the national team side. Um, Let's, let's take a look at a few guys too that are maybe playing for other teams around the world that play in MLS. Um, Cause we do have, I think it was maybe the October window um, or the, the September window, potentially. Um, I saw a stat that was MLS had the sixth most players of any league in the world called up to national teams. So there are a ton of national team players in the MLS. Um, how about a guy um, like uh, Karol Swiderski from Poland, or even his teammate, Adam Buksa? Um, I I'm not super familiar with the Poland hierarchy as, as strikers. Obviously, there's that one Lewandowski guy or whatever his name is. He's obviously there. Um, but is is there any chance that we see Swodowski or Buksa? Is is that um, do they get more value because they're going to be on that team potentially or potentially even playing? Or is that something that you don't even you know take a look at?
2: Yeah, I, I think Poland plays always with two on the top. So Lewandowski mm-hmm. and another guy. So this guy can be Swadiski or Boxer. So yeah, we, we have a great chance to have an MLS player uh, start uh, in the front with, uh, with Lewandowski.
0: What happened to Miller from Marseille? He, he's Polish too, right? And he, I mean, I, I don't know. He kind of went off the radar this season, but he's, he was a quality player. I think, I think he's, he's on, on, on the mix. Yeah, just think that it's good to get like exposure for players playing in the MLS in the World Cup on the biggest stage. It's going to draw attention to the league, and uh, it can only be a good thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously have a few um, guys that are going to be playing for the Canadian team, for the Costa Rican team, assuming that they qualify against New Zealand next week, um, and then obviously for the American team. So a few more guys that I had kind of written down as potential World Cup guys Uh, So Jordan Morris for the U S team. I don't think he starts. I don't think he plays a huge role, but assuming that he has a decent season, I think he's probably on the team. Um, Walker Zimmerman. um, He's in, he's squarely in the mix to be one of those two center backs, especially with uh, miles Robinson out. And then Aaron long is in the exact same position. Uh, What do we think about those three guys long Zimmerman Morris? Is there any maybe additional utility for them? Uh, As we get closer and closer to the World Cup,
0: yeah, I mean, I think Zimmerman's got to be nailed on, right? Even he's not his form has not been terrible. It's not been maybe like vintage form from him, but he's just such a leader. Anyway, you know, he almost makes up. He's going to be on there in a big stage. I want Walker Zimmerman on the pitch because he's he's not going to shy away from the occasion. He's gonna he's he's a leader of that team, so he's there. Next to him. Long, can he stay healthy? Can he can he perform the rest of this season? He'll definitely put his name in the hat. Um yeah, I mean it, it's kind of the only position that was it seemed like it was nailed on Robinson and Zimmerman and they were playing well together. So it is a shame. And now there's that one position up in the air, but they, they have some cover. Why do you think um Brooks doesn't get a sniff as a his left foot um John Brooks from uh, John from Brooks. Pittsburgh. He's left uh, good. He's left yes. good. He's got good distribution. Um, I he just doesn't seem to be in the conversation. I, I
1: don't know. Yeah, you and the whole rest of the American fan base is wondering that question. I, I think that's like something happened between him and Berhalter, and there's like friction between the two mm-hmm. of them. And uh, Berhalter has questioned like his you know work ethic at times in the past. So it's it's a situation where. I just don't think he gets along with the coach and he's just kind of out of the picture until a new coach comes in and potentially recalls him. But yeah, I mean, we don't really have a a left footed ball playing center back anywhere on the team. Um, So it makes a lot of sense for him to be there, but yeah, he's, he's not in there. We, I guess, are going to roll with MLS center backs at the back. Um, But yeah, do you have any additional thoughts on that Tebow?
2: Uh, yeah, about the World Cup, um, we need to focus. Uh, with uh, we have two games: to uh, Peru against, uh, I think it's Australia or Emirates, UAE, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, UAE, and uh, Costa Rica against New Zealand. And for Costa Costa Rica, you have a lot of uh, MLS players. Uh, you have uh, Matarita in Cincinnati, Leal, uh, Francisco Calvo. And uh, Calvo doing really good score with uh, with Costa Rica, and uh, in Peru a lot of players are rating uh, with uh, Galese and uh, Calens, and uh, I think uh, Galece and Calens can be uh, a good uh, MLS pair for the for the World Cup. So uh, if Peru and uh, Costa Rica go to the World Cup, uh, a lot of MLS fans gonna be uh, gonna be happy. In my <laughs> opinion.
1: You also, with Peru, you have Edison Flores as well. Yeah. That's a guy that we haven't actually talked about. I alluded to it earlier. Um, There are reports that Atlas in Mexico is going to try to buy him from D.C., which makes me very excited to try to get him off of our roster. But with Peru's national team, he's been fairly good. He's shown flashes. um, So he would be one that would also get a little bit of a bump. One note, Matarita is hurt. So I don't know if he'll be back in time for the World Cup. He like tore up his knee, I believe, or, or, or Achilles or something like that. Um, so I don't know if he plays for them. Um, but yeah, they they do have quite a few on the Costa Rican team. Uh, the Canadian team has a few as well. Mark Anthony Kay, John, John Jonathan Asorio, um, Lucas Cavallini, Alistair Johnson, Samuel Pietz, Maxi Crepou, Camille Miller. Um, I don't Croupeau's not the starter as of now nope. in the Canada team. Um, but he was starting for them a little while ago. Um, Kamal Miller plays typically a pretty big role for Canada. I don't, I don't know if Alistair Johnson has played a huge role for Canada yet. Asorio is typically a starter for them. Mark Anthony Case is kind of in and out as a starter for them. Um, so a lot of guys on the on the Canadian team as well coming from the MLS. So just a few names. Any of those stand out to you, nashi as, as guys that you might think about during the world cup because i mean canada's got a brutal group but they're also really good
0: yeah i mean well an interesting one that stands out someone who i know you're big on is with osorio just from my gallery i have insigne and we were talked about before about finding a mid who can maybe pair with him so that might transition nicely where i get get to stack him up with insigne in the mls season and then get an extra midfield option um for Canada in the summer and Canada are a team that, yeah, they're they're kind of, I feel like on the world stage, they might get a little bit underestimated because we watched some of them playoff games and they, they weren't lucky to get through, get through. They really were playing well. they very dangerous. Like they had a lot of like sort of energy and just vitality. Obviously they got two kind of standout players in uh, Davis and David who are kind of at a catalyst for like this youthful sort of exuberance. But they got some other good players and they got some depth. Um, the striker. from Cannon is yeah. on
1: that team. Kyle Laren yeah. is on that team. Yeah,
0: Laren from um, mm-hmm. Besiktas. And I think he's actually out of contract or something and moving. So that might be something to keep an eye on for So Rare. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any chance he comes to the MLS. I think he's kind of in Europe mm-hmm. now. but he's, Maybe. I Maybe. Mean, yeah. He, he, came did, uh, he came from the MLS
1: he came from there
0: but he he's almost he's a he's pretty proven in Europe now he he was doing well over there I think personally he might be looking to get a bigger transfer but I mean if he did come to the MLS that would be a, a brilliant card to have a brilliant option for a team if they could draw him over but um yeah he, again like they've got players like that almost coming off the bench and that kind of sells you the sort of potential that they, they have up there in Canada so they got a tough group but I wouldn't write them off just yet because they they were putting in some good performances
1: I was saying before that whoever wherever Canada gets drawn is going to be the group of death because they're a pot four team I think mm-hmm. and they are so much better than a pot four team um so I'm glad we couldn't get drawn against them they we we aren't allowed to be in a in a group with our same um not, uh, confederation um but yeah man that's a rough group that canada's in so best of luck to them have you in, thought in about day,
0: um jordan shakiri he's got some switzerland utility there me plays on the, plays on a playoff team in the mls maybe <laughs> if he were on a
1: decent club team i would take a look
0: i don't know um, but, on it, but honestly he is switzerland's main man too like he, i mean i always spoke off there and i'm debating um doubling down on shakiri but um yeah, that's that's something to say. He's guaranteed starting for Switzerland. They're a decent yeah. team, and he's going to be on their set pieces. He's going to be, he's still going to be their main man of the World Cup. So, just the, just if you had not thought about that one, mate, there's a little 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 bit of free knowledge for you. To... Uh,
1: you're you're a you're a neutral third party here, Tibo. What do you think about <laughs> shirt security? Um,
2: he's paid too much for for what he's doing in MLS. Uh, Let's when I go. When I see the salary, I say, OK, oh my god, Chardin Sh- Shaqiri is first. Now, that's not, that's not good for, for Chicago. But I don't know I don't know if Shaqiri can be good as a, as a 10. For me, he's a winger. So I don't think he got the distribution to be uh, the playmaker Chicago needs. But I don't know. Chris is better than me with Chicago. So I want to be optimistic with, uh, with the th- this team. So um, we don't know. I I I like Mueller. I prefer Chris Mueller than uh, than Chakiri. Yeah, Chris Müller is a good uh, good deal. Chakiri is not. And uh, just to finish about the World Cup, uh, we have a we have a new guy in town in Texas uh, with Mexico, Hector Herrera. I mm-hmm. think he's a pretty solid starter with Mexico. So he's gonna come to uh, Houston this uh, this year, and um, he's a. Uh, He's an uh, interesting bet for, for MLS, I think. He can, uh, he can score uh, with Mexico and uh, with Atletico Madrid before. So what do you think about this, uh, this new guy in, uh, in town?
0: Herrera is, I mean, so I've seen him play a lot um, in Europe over the years, and he's a quality player. He's a bit of a dog. He's going to bring the energy up. He's, he's, not, he's not your typical sort of MLS kind of signing he's not like super flashy but he's quality he's quality he's it will show more in in the league here and but he's gonna bring the level of the team up if he's motivated because he he's a little terrier in the midfield you know he's high energy play like the simeone they're gonna you know there's a t- certain kind of player there so i'm excited to see how he beds in um you got thoughts there chris
1: yeah that's another one we didn't talk about with um teams that have I mean, Houston hasn't even started poorly. They've started very well, in my opinion. And now they're going to add him. They've got a lot of money with new ownership. They've got a lot of money to spend. They can bring in more players. So they'll be one to keep an eye on for sure. I like what they're building. Seba Ferrer is really underrated for me, too. He's kind of lit the league on fire a little bit without anyone really watching. I don't think anyone wants to watch a Houston game, so I don't think they really are seeing how good Seba is. But, man, like that that kid can score, too. Um and you're talking about uh, Mexico for the for the World Cup. Julian Araujo is also, LA Galaxy, is also uh, on the Mexico team. Uh, Salcedo? He's not. He, Salcedo? He's-
2: Salcedo, Salcedo? Salcedo as well. Yep. Yeah.
1: Salcedo as well for Toronto. Um, yeah, Araujo isn't really a starter, but they also have some serious problems in the back. So both of those guys um, potentially with a good run of form could uh, could sneak onto that team?
0: Talking about Mexico, just real quick, Chiboe. Uh, there's been rumours of obviously Achala, um, the Salt Lake's just gone completely missing this season. Mm.
2: There's a lot of mystery
0: around him, and he's been linked with a move to the Mexican league. Obviously, there's he chose the Mexican national team. Do you know anything about him? Because he was a big prospect last season. There was big expectations, and in terms of a flop. On so rare and probably in real life too. I can't think of anyone else who stands out as a bigger one to this point of the season. So, do you have any sort of insider take there? Yeah, I got no insight, but uh, one thing before
2: uh, talk about Ochoa, we need to talk about uh, Zach McMath. Zach McMath is uh, doing things, he's, he's good. Yeah, like, uh, well. yeah that's that also a problem for, for Sotley. Uh, the second guy is good, so he, he deserves something. And uh, Ochoa play with the uh, monarch, the second team of, uh, of RSL recently. So I think he's ready. I don't know what, what Ochoa wants to, to, to make in this career. Uh, like a few months ago uh, we have rumor he want to go to Mexico after we, are, we have rumor like uh, like Toina uh, European team are looking about Ochoa. So yeah, he got talent, but uh, he's, he's young. And uh, you have veterans like uh, Zach McMahon are ready to, to take your place if, if you are not uh, 150%. So um, yeah, uh, with Sorare, uh, his value have, uh, is so low. I don't know. Uh, I think McMahon deserves uh, the, the first spot. Uh, Ochoa needs to, uh, to win it. Yeah, Yeah. no, I think that's
1: a hundred percent. It's a competitive thing. You're not just given, you know, the starting position and just hold on to it forever. Um, I mean, a little unlucky because Ochoa was hurt for a little bit and then he comes back and McMaster's been playing so well. But then once you get demoted, you have to buckle down and work your butt off to get back to that starting role. Like that doesn't seem to be happening with Achoa, and that's what concerns me more than anything is his mentality. Um, And you know. He's a young kid, like young kids are sometimes, you know, a little temperamental, a little, they can, they can be really, really high and really, really low at times. And as a goalkeeper, you kind of got to be even keel. And that's why you don't see a lot of young goalkeepers that are consistently starting. So, okay, I mean, man. he's certainly got time to figure it out. He's only 20 years old. Um, so he's, he's definitely got a lot of time, but he does, does need to get it figured out. You know, running away to a different team is not, going to really help him long term i don't think i think he should stay and and fight for that spot but um yeah i I think that's a good one
0: there's no other league in the world either where the backup keeper has such a good chance of taking the taking the reins if you know what i mean you see it all the time um mls backups get a couple of opportunities and they are given them and if they do well they they can take the first team spot you saw it go back and forth with Tyler Miller and St. Clair over the past couple of years. I saw the weird thing with Willis got kind of rested or dropped or something happened there. And then, mm. you know, you see goalkeeper changes in the MLS way more than in Europe. You know, if, if a start, it's really rare to see a starting goalkeeper, even if he misses a game or two in the European leagues, he's going to generally come back in and take his spot. And, uh, but in the MLS, like, like you say, just to reinforce with Ochoa. He should recognize that and apply himself right and know that if he gets the opportunity, that there is there is growth there. There is a way forward. So, yeah, it comes down to his attitude. He's young and he's had some – he's a bit temperamental, but it looks a things. So we'll see, see how the boy gets on in the next few years.
1: Yeah. I mean, even look at LAFC last year. I think they had, like, six different keepers. It was a mm-hmm. nightmare trying to figure out who's LAFC's keeper was last year. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up for this week with, uh, we, we don't have any predictology this week because it's obviously just one game. Um, John picked a, uh, picked a draw in this game, although he said he wasn't feeling real confident about it. You guys both picked RSL to win, uh, this past game. And, uh, I I was, I was kind of on the Vancouver bandwagon. So we'll, I'll get a little pat on the back for that one. Um, but this week, instead of predictology, we are going to wrap things up with a few questions that came in. Um, one of them that we already answered, but shout out to the to the question from Love the Wrestling: um, Can you see any surprises in the second half of the season? We spent a good bit of the of the uh, program talking about that, um, and we also actually just mentioned Shaka Boom's question as well: Is David Ochoa still alive? And uh, I mean, he, he's still alive, but. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely got some things to figure out. This is the other one that I want to get to. Um Sur Israel. Shout out for for Sur Israel. Thanks for the question. He asks, why is Nashville's defense not that strong this season? And what is your opinion about Jack Maher? Can Maher become the next Walker Zimmerman? That's to you, T Ball.
2: Ah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> uh it's on it's it's only it's only one. Uh Walker, it's only talk on uh on MLS so nobody can be in person like that so um, and about Nashville uh, we always and I think you talk about it like many times but uh, uh, the stadium was, wasn't ready for the start of the season so there was uh, outside home for a lot of games and uh, as you said before uh, for the European fan you need to talk about uh, in the US you have a lot of travel between the city like uh, five or six hours of playing. and uh, uh, Nashville is not uh, a team uh, to be play in the um, in the Western Conference. Uh, probably is gonna be in the East uh, when Las Vegas is coming, or or, or something like that. So um, uh, I think this team gonna be a playoff team. So
0: I'm not concerned about it. Randall Randall Liao is a player who I didn't mention earlier, who I think is very underpriced and could improve the back half of the season for the reasons you said. I know he's injured right now, but his price is so cheap, and he's a protagonist on that team. There's him and Mukhtar, basically, the creative forces. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think he could play for Costa Rica. I think there's a lot of upside for the price of him. If you're looking for, like, a cheap option who has some upside, has some decent upside and utility, I'd uh, check out Randall Leal. I forgot to say it earlier, but you just jogged my memory there. So I had to get that in. I had to put that out there.
1: Yeah, Leal is right smack dab on the border of the Costa Rica squad. He's he's kind of sometimes in there, sometimes not. So you're talking about World Cup utility. Yeah, he's he's got at least the promise of some World Cup utility, and he will probably be on that plane if Costa Rica do, uh, do squeak that out. Um, What do you, what do you think about Maher specifically? Are you, uh, because honestly I'm a little disappointed. I thought he was really going to break out this year and he has been good, not great. You know, he, he hasn't really kind of taken a hold of that third center back spot in Nashville and just made sure that they can't switch formation. They switched formation a couple of times and he's been left on the bench. Um is is there anything that you can give us about about Jack Maher and uh, and and maybe would he, you know, hold on to that third center back
2: spot long term? Yeah. Uh I think he all. Yeah, I think uh, all, all these third spots. I think um, with Zimmerman, is, uh, he's he's like twenty two on twenty three. So, he, he, for for center back, is uh, pretty young. So, uh, yeah. yeah. For me, like I got Henry Kessler, and a uh, guy like that, he can be in the in the US uh, in the next uh, in the next year. So uh, if I have uh, Jack Marrow in my gallery right now, I'm pretty optimistic, and uh, yeah. I can like keep I, I can keep that, that guy for uh, for five years without uh, without a problem. And uh, it's cool to have a defender with a team with a defensive spirit. We don't have that this much team like that in MLS. So Nashville has the spirit to uh, keep the clean sheet, and uh, clean sheet with defender in MLS is so is so rare. So that's why I want to keep uh, Jack Marrow in my uh, in my gallery.
1: And they really haven't had a lot of clean sheets this season yet, too. Like they they are the kings of clean sheets. Um, and they haven't really turned it on in, in that sense of things. Um, so potentially even more room for Meher to kind of grow and, and, and get a little bit better as the season goes on. Another guy that I'll throw out there um, as like a really long-term thing. So Jack Meher was the number two overall pick for Nashville when they started as an expansion um, team Zimmerman obviously came through the draft as well. They have a really good eye when it comes to defenders coming through the college system. And they took Ahmed Longmire really, really high from what people thought that they were going, that that he was going to get drafted. Um, so they kind of, I, I think they even traded up maybe if I'm remembering correctly to get him. So I don't think he's going to play much this year. I don't think he maybe even plays a whole lot next year, but if Zimmerman at some point leaves um, maybe Ahmed Longmire is that is that guy. And, and if you get him basically for free and just kind of stash him and, and keep him around for a couple of years and, See what happens. You know, you don't really have anything to lose, but they're very good at drafting defenders, and that's the most recent defender that they've drafted. So just keep an eye on that one. Um, any other questions that you have for our esteemed guest here, Mister Dashi? No,
0: I mean, That was that was a great chat. Thanks, David.
1: Yeah, we appreciate the time so much. Um, you know, obviously, one of the absolute legends of the so rare MLS scene of the whole uh, of the whole party that we do here. Um, you're definitely one of the one of the best guests that we've had as well so appreciate you taking the time on twitter it's at Sora prospect right no underscore yeah. anything in there yeah um absolutely yeah. must follow if, if you're not following him you probably are following him anyway so i'm not even going to worry about it um but yeah we appreciate the time and, and thanks for coming on
2: and thank you and uh, keep going the mls uh summer so only mls perfect perfect timing to to enjoy as a game in Europe.
1: Perfect. Well, we appreciate everything and, and you guys have a good rest of your day. Have a good week.